listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Let me say this about the Chargers. I love the Chargers like a guy loves his wife who's cheated on him multiple times. And I, like, I, I feel like I'm just stuck. I don't have a way out because I can't afford the alimony. I can't afford child support. But so I'm just I'm there. I, I I feel like I've committed and I'm just riding it out. Though I'm really not happy to be attached to this Chargers football team at this point. You know, I'm very. It's very rare for me to be speechless, thinking that's exactly the right thing to say. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say kudos, AJ. That's it's one of the reasons we're the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. The audience has doubled in the last year plus, and. We really appreciate that support, and you're going to keep getting stuff like that from AJ. And, uh, well, I mean, what more can you say? <laughs> you can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search straight out of Vegas here in Vegas on the Strip. 55 degrees, the neon is flowing. All right, RJ, the Raiders three-point home dogs to the Chargers. Unbelievably, though, the Raiders, when they were 6-7 and seven after Week 14, had a 5% chance to make the playoffs. And here they are, one upset, one small upset away from making the playoffs. Well, no, but wouldn't you have said way back when they were 5%, the Raiders, that, you know, why, why would this team even be, you know, trying too hard? Maybe they should be going for a draft choice. It, to me, every year... There's going to be some situation if you just – I mean, think about college football in Alabama for a minute and think about what what against Auburn. Were they down 10 in that game, Lay? Or what was their worst spot in that game? Uh, they were down 10, yep. Okay. At that point – They were point, down seven with, with a minute to go. All right, so a minute to go. At that point, if someone would have turned to you and said, oh, Alabama's going to win the national championship, what would you have said? I would have said that seems really unlikely at this point. <laughs> every, every year, there's going to be time in, in, in most major sports that there's a team in a spot that is so different, like that's more 100 to 1 or more from where they end up. That that's To me, that's one of the beauties of sports, but it's also one of the main flaws of the quote-unquote math guys that sit down and, and, and they're explaining why teams should be putting energy in, why they should maybe be trying to tank. I love it. I love when an underdog, especially with tenacity, comes back. And, I mean, I look at the Raiders and say Vegas has a certain reputation, and that's not one for hard work and tenacity, um, maybe hard nights. <laughs> but, but to me, this Raiders team, and I think Derek Carr – really represent that. And and let me ask you first, before we get to Derek Carr, do you see why the calculations are not the way to approach sports the way that some commentators like to do it? Oh, certainly. Because after week 14... When they, you know, when they were at that five percent, and you said they had losses to the Bears, the Giants, and the football team, you would have said at this point, what you're wasting your time. It's bet you're better off just finishing this season out, you know, getting as good of a draft pick as you can. But the Raiders said no, especially after everything the Raiders had been through. No one would say a word about the Raiders' season falling apart because they had every excuse for it to fall apart. I mean, and, and I think it, it bears in mind most people listening to a sports talk show are going to have that that the list of things, um, you know, fairly clear in their head. But but I think it bears repeating without being overly dramatic. And, and please do this for me is take off. Like 
if, if someone woke up from a long sleep, you know, they, they or they left the country and didn't have Internet in July, you know, rank those adversities for this team. Well, obviously, John Gruden being uh, removed as the head coach, even though obviously Davis did not want to get rid of him. The pressure became so intense that I mean, the, John, the, the first time I went to uh, can you recall a time an NFL coach was forced out due to uh, the league, due to public perception, you know, not in any way saying that Gruden's actions were fine, but to say when has a coach done something so egregious that it wasn't the owner's decision to retain him? I, I don't remember a situation. I don't either. So, I mean, I guess I think there were time one time in the 60s that a coach maybe was suspended for there was something about gambling. I don't even know if that I know there was uh, Green Bay, but obviously Lombardi didn't have a tr- trouble in that spot. I think Horning was the guy. But like we're talking about something that maybe happens every 50 years, maybe doesn't. Right? That, that rare. Yeah. And then on top of that, you know, Henry Ruggs, who is their young wide receiver, their number one wide receiver, a blossoming star, first-round draft pick, Kills a woman with his car, allegedly kills a woman. I guess he still hasn't been convicted. Well, he, obviously, and not to be, you know, obviously that's a serious matter. The, the woman is dead. The question is what the yes. cause and effect was. Yeah. Yeah. And he's out of the league now. So they go the rest of the season without him. And, and that so, left- so let me jump in a second because those two things, if you would have said in July, if you would have said, okay, the Raiders who were as attached to Gruden as any coach, you know, I mean, right up there with the, of any coach that didn't have any great success, because obviously if you're a coach, it's, you know, Belichick. Yeah, you're attached to the Patriots, no doubt about it. But Gruden hasn't won a title this go, you know, didn't win a title this go around with the Raiders. So his standing popularity wise, but also, the power within the organization, one of the most powerful coaches up until his departure of any in the NFL and amongst those that hasn't won yet would have been right at the top of that list. So losing your coach is one thing, but a very important coach for the team, not to mention that relationship as a mentor with the quarterback, Carr, I mean, losing your coach, big law, or at least a big disruption for the Raiders, and then you think about Ruggs, yeah, it's one thing to lose your best receiver, the guy that took the top off the defense, the guy that was the deep threat, but to have it be a guy that you lived with and worked with for, for um, you know, a, a season plus, and then that person isn't just out, it's not even, oh, he had a catastrophic knee injury, which would be sad, it's, he's probably by all accounts, going to spend decades and decades in jail. It, 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 it's almost, you know, it's it, it, it's like doubly, like if you said in one case you lose the receiver and everything's fine. So let's say uh, Ryan Shazier, let's say, uh, wouldn't be everything's fine, would be the next level where uh, the linebacker for the Steelers, um, where he's hurt, he's out for his career, but he's he's got some physical ailment, but he fights his way back, and now he's doing fine. I mean, think of the spectrum of all the things that could happen all the way up to, well, the worst would be, in theory, that person 
the player dying, but like right before that is that player is going to be in jail for maybe the rest of his life. Emotionally, that's it seems like it's doubly as big. It's what happened on the field with him not being there anymore, Rugs, but also the the suddenness and, and the severity of the rest of his life. Yeah, it's it's almost like a. It, I don't want to diminish this, but it's almost like finding out that one of your young teammates has cancer and like or something like that. It's just and, it's, and it's, even if the even if the teammate smoked three packs a day, and you could say he did, you know, hey, maybe he did something to kind of bring know, it on himself. Yeah, but but it still doesn't change it that you know that that you you hate the fact that someone else got hurt, but you also hate the fact that this guy is losing his a lot of his life in some ways. Yeah, and then they go the last five weeks without Darren Waller, who was their best remaining weapon. He's been hurt. And then you find out after the game this weekend, their rookie cornerback, Nate Hobbs, who's a top 10 corner per PFF, got arrested for DUI, which is almost unbelievable after you hear what happened to Henry Ruggs, that you would that a teammate would get arrested the same year for DUI. It, it, it just seems like just you think everybody would be minding their P's and Q's at that point or, or at least see the downside to, to driving after something like this. But now they're, they're even further up against it going into this winner-take-all matchup with the Chargers. And, um, you know, I'm not great. With, once the player doesn't get to the all-pro level, I'm not great with the names, is they had their first-round pick that with was flashing gang signs on Instagram. Yeah. Damon uh, Arnett. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, the fact that that one doesn't make the list, right. And, and gets, <laughs> and it ends up getting cut. I mean, you know, so, um, a lot, here's the thing that people aren't talking about as much. And it's kind of the elephant. It's the neon elephant in the room, which is how much of this has to do with the city of Las Vegas. Because if you would have asked someone five years ago, hey, we're thinking about or they're thinking about a team in the NFL uh, in Vegas, do you think it's going to be a problem? What a lot of people would have said was the temptation. I mean, look at UNLV uh, under Tarkanian. This was a team that was pretty wild, you know. And if you're the type of player in college – now, this isn't really the case anymore that likes the nightlife, that likes to party, and you got a choice between um, City Acts or Vegas, you're probably coming to Vegas. So you're going to attract a certain type of player, you would think, in college. Though, again, that hasn't been the case. And I'm using college as an example where the player has the choice. And I guess you have free agency, you have the choice in the NFL. But this is Vegas. And is it a coincidence that there's DUIs, that there's – uh, you know, problems with drinking and driving or or extreme actions at three in the morning, like with rugs. I mean, AJ, you used to be a Vegas visitor. And then just this past, like August, you moved here. You're probably uniquely qualified to kind of comment on like how what kind of effect a city like Vegas. There is no city like Vegas would have. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I think that Vegas is one of maybe three or so cities where it feels like it's it's always awake. There's always action happening. But it I don't feel like that gives it any more of an excuse or there's any you whoa, know whoa, whoa. no 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 well, I'm I'm not saying excuses I'm not what I'm saying is is it a factor 
if you were handicapping, or let's say next summer, you're handicapping next season's NFL, do you have any accounting for, hey, the Raiders probably lose one more player to some event like this next year than the average team? Is it something that's not excused, but expected? Is it something that that makes sense? Right. I guess it, when I, I think about Henry Ruggs leaving Top Golf, like had had Henry Ruggs been leaving the Bellagio, well, but I'd say, listen, oh, but any it, any given case might have nothing to do with the city. But if if I said, and 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 obviously you're the skeptic here, so let me ask you the question: If you add up the incidents in which the nightlife had something to do with because if you're just out at three in the morning anyway like there's some cities that doesn't make it in green bay you're not going to be out at that time right drinking so to act like yeah just because he was at top golf it it had nothing to do with like this is a nighttime town this is a party town you know i don't know But, but but what i know is that how many people across the whole league got put on the shelf that aren't playing because of nightlife and are the Raiders more than one thirty second of that? And yes. And it, it, and now you got the biggest party city in the country. Is that a coincidence? Is that really the case you're making? I, I mean, I, it certainly has to play a factor. I, yeah. I, I feel, you know, and okay. I, I don't. I don't know that that's, you know, it's something that they should have looked at when they said we're going to move a franchise there. I think that's unfair to the city of Las Vegas. No, I didn't Vegas say that. Because- I didn't say that. I'm just saying let's, you know, we got to talk honestly, as we always do. And, I mean, this is – you've had a lot of – draw. if I would have told you when they announced the Raiders were getting this team or Vegas was getting the Raiders, if I would have said, okay, in year two, these following things are going to happen in a six-month period. You'd be like, man, that's about worst case, isn't it? I mean, that. Yes. So I don't hear people talking as much about that. And I think it bears repeating. Now, in theory, the Raiders could end up like demanding quality people, as in they won't take a guy who's questionable character, not just lip service, but they actually do it. And maybe that would help the team. Or maybe it hurts them because they're not getting marginal players that, that could make it somewhere. And not make it anywhere else, you know, or not make it in Vegas, though. And you got to wonder if free agents are going to, like, you're going to attract the wrong ones and maybe not attract the right ones because this city, it's almost like a party school in college. You know how there's a, that state school that's the party school and it, hurt, it helps them with some students, but it hurts them with others. Last sure. word. No, I agree with you. I do, especially with free agency. It may attract the wrong kind of free agents. But I, you asked me when I moved here, what like, and I'm specifically, you know, able to talk about this. I will say I've I've got every chance to go out or every chance not to go out, and it's all about the decisions that the individual makes. It's not. Oh, it's, okay, pops. I, uh, the, you're 41 <laughs> years old. You have a shaved head. I mean, at some point, let's you know, let's not act like we're NFL players. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byard. We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, 
what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup, sits, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Carmen and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. The 49ers now upgraded to three-and-a-half-point underdogs against the Rams with the news that Jimmy G, uh, they are optimistic about him playing this week. Yeah, Jimmy G upgraded, the 49ers upgraded. That means that there's an implicit downgrade for Trey Lance. Now, (laughs) the people who listen uh, to the show often know that our producer, Mackenzie Rivers, who is 30... 39, Mackenzie? 32 years old. 32. No, 31. 31. 31. Oh, 31. He doesn't even know. <laughs> right. He doesn't even know. And, and it may seem surprising, but just about a month ago, he took Yale, his, gra- his school he graduated from, off as the number one thing in his Twitter bio. So imagine AJ being 31 and the number one thing in your bio is the college you went to a decade ago. <laughs> so, one, it's great. But what he wanted to put in his bio, but he didn't know how to do it, is that he's first cousins with Kyle Shanahan. Uncle Mike Shanahan is uncle. So, this guy loves the Shanahans. I mean, it's family. You get it. But he'll get depressed. Sometimes you're thinking, he's not doing that bad at work. And But then he like, oh, no, the 49ers lost like, lost like a left tackle like in practice or something. And he's all upset. I mean, it, it's a lot of emotional commitment, wouldn't you say, AJ? It seems like it would be. I mean, I'm saying with, with looking at McKenzie, that doesn't it seem like he lives and dies with it? Uh, yeah, and it seems like it would be exhausting for McKenzie, but he just seems to just power through it. Well, yeah, maybe. But <laughs> but here's the thing. His most insane position he's had has been his continued belief in Trey Lance. I mean, we had an ongoing bit. He didn't think it was a bit, but it was a bit where we asked him to rank quarterbacks. In fact, we're going to redo it right now, is of rookie quarterbacks. And I'm going to let him have a minute. I don't want him to just default to something goofy or as goofy as what he's done historically with this. But we're going to ask him in about 30 seconds is rank the rookie quarterbacks by who you'd like to have if you were a GM. And he had Trey Lance number one, like until like two weeks ago. <laughs> AJ, what did you? We're gonna ask Mackenzie in a second. AJ, what did you think of Trey Lance's performance in the game last? I week? thought it was. I thought it was pretty bad against a a, a bad Texans team, uh, and especially in the first half, it looked like maybe he started to piece things together after the after the halftime break, but. Against that team, you would expect a better performance if this is really the guy. Now, you've got a bet on Texans over under four and a half wins. You went under, and at halftime, it looked like they were going to get, or at least there was a chance they would get their fifth win and beat you. You're from Houston. You and the Texans have a very adversarial relationship where you had your press pass revoked down there. <laughs> I mean, you did. I, right, right or wrong. It's, One it's year right. you had the press pass. The next year you didn't. Correct? Correct. And you were the programming director and on-air talent for the biggest sports radio station in Houston. Correct? Correct. All right. I mean, what more? You really <laughs> want to tell a story beyond that? 
that there, that there was that wasn't a real contention with you and the Texans. There is contention with me and the Texans, I would uh, say. So you bet against them every chance you get. When I, no, I wouldn't say that, but I, I do find myself against them a lot more than I'm with them. All right. So speaking of irrational hate and love, Mackenzie, quickly, no fanfare. Give me your list from the quarterback you'd like to have most on your team, the least amongst the rookies. Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Davis Mills, Zach Wilson. I didn't. Once I heard Trey Lance second, my mind went blank. <laughs> I, I, I mean, who would you have second? No one else is good. Here's my question: How does Justin Fields work his way ahead of anybody on this list? See, I, Trevor Lawrence AJ, was bad last game. You're actually in the minority there. I would say of all the quarterbacks, and let's take Mac Jones out of it. Is is by far Fields has the the most support behind him amongst the intelligent analytics people. I, I guess that's fair. I, I like him more than I, I think. I don't want to say I like him more than most, but I certainly wouldn't have had. Well, you him probably number- do. This this uh, very underwhelming uh, group. And let me say this finally is I agree with the Fields thing in the following way. You can close your eyes and and twist your eyes and think maybe, just maybe, if if everything fell right, you could see Fields being a good quarterback in this league. I'm not sure you can even do that yet with Trevor Lawrence. But anyway, I I went a whole two days without killing Trevor, so (laughs) that's a good, good way to end the show.